Now, what the hell do you think this is? A picnic? This is serious now, damn it. Right on. All right. <laughs> just to show you our appreciation, boy, we're going to award you this fine award. Now, if you just stand up here. Come on, don't be shy. Just stand up. In commemoration of you tying a 70-foot dive bomb award, I do hereby award you this here trophy. Dusty Russell, take this with all our heartfelt thanks. Yeah, kid, 70 feet, right? That's pretty good. But you got to do better. 75. 80, 90, and maybe even that 100 foot mark, huh? 100 foot. Stand up and tell the people how it feels to do the big thing. Now, come on, let's hear about it. Wendy, you want to hear about it? Yeah. All right, come on. Some of you guys have been up there in the air before. Not 70 feet, but you know the feeling. And when you're up there, you're really flying. It's a whole new world. And we're going to go so far and so long that we ain't never going to come down. Right! Right! Hey, that's the wine talking, man. Don't take that serious. That's my partner here, you know. Listen, buddy, though. Anytime that you want to try the trick, you just let me know. I'll no, that, no that ain't it, but I just don't want him to do something that don't, that don't feel natural, you know? And I, I think it's wine talking. Have you ever seen a more natural daredevil than that one? That's my real, that's my boy there, huh? He's coming, yeah, listen, I'm, this boy is going to be the world champion dive bomber. Hey, I'll drink to 70 feet, but boy, you know, let's, let's not stretch it. Come on. Buddy, you just strap me in. We're going to go 100 feet. 100 feet? So just hang in there with me. Let's do it 10 feet at a time, okay? <laughs> the way you do the slide for life, right, buddy? <laughs> oh, Scooter! Oh, Scooter! You ain't never gonna leave that down. You're never gonna live it down. Right? I just hope you give me a chance. I'll say one thing, though. You do a better job than Kreischer does. You... That's my trophy, and you know it. Now look, Crash, I've had it with you right up to here. Right up to here, huh? I told you, this is my show, huh? And if you don't get your act together, you go down the road. That's all there is to it. I told you a thousand times that this midget greenhorn is nothing but luck, and that's all he is. That's all right, but he did the stunt, and you chicken out, you chicken-livered stunt man. You're a chicken. You're a chicken, chicken. You're a coward. You got a yellow streak a mile wide right down the middle of your back. Crash, I'll tell you what. Luck hell. It has nothing to do with it. You're out class. You heard it, didn't you? All right, I'll tell you something, greenhorn. You want to do some real stunt, stunt driving? Try me. Tomorrow, we'll see who's a man. Right.
everyone, and welcome to the Flickers from the Cave podcast. This is episode 221. My name is Marty. I am Mike. Hello, I'm Julie. We've done it before. We're doing it again. Stuntman. We're going to look at two movies that feature stuntmen as the central characters. And interesting enough, both of these movies are directed by my close personal friend, Mark L. Lester. Yes, I rode in a car with him. Yes, I went to some press conferences with him. Let's just say we're besties. Um, what? Yeah. I've told the story about when I went on the set for Firestarter and yeah. got to like ride in the car with him and Frank Capra Jr. and all that stuff. And God, it was just like cool. a life experience for me. Um, but anyway, um, well, yeah, this movie, Steel Arena, which will be the first movie we're, we're going to look at from 1973 was um, Mark L. Lester's second film. His first was a documentary, and then he followed it up with, with this. Um, and it's an amazing, I think, um, little almost behind-the-scenes thing where he went on the road with actual stuntmen and daredevils and um, just had them sort of do their best job they could at acting and just captured what probably, I think, a probably pretty accurate idea about <laughs> what life was like for those guys. So uh, um, depressing. Well, depressing, but also like um, they had a good time. Amazing, and like, they had this wonderful like chemistry with each other, where they yes. knew each other, like what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It's very um, to do. like esprit de corps sort of thing, like mm-hmm. where they had all been through it and they were supporting each other. Um, yeah. Uh, so like I, I've had friends like that I went to college with who got jobs as river rafting guides and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and. I think that life was very similar to the daredevil life where it's just like ski slopes. a lot of times getting fucked up and then just, you know, dicking around and just, you know, making enough money to get by living a good life for the season, enough money to buy beer, drugs and gas. And that's all you really need. Ass, grass or gas. It sounds like a really fun time in like your twenties. Well, exactly. But none of these motherfuckers were in their twenties. You know, no, this these was, are all like guys barreling down on sort of lower middle age kind of upper middle yeah. age. Some of those dudes, Mr. some of those, Mr. Dudes. Adam had been doing it for a minute. <laughs> you know Mr. What I, Adam, <laughs> apparently like you would think that being blown up would have affected your hearing greatly. It seems to have affected his speech more than his hearing. Well, he's, he was German though. I know. So but a lot of that was, was his just, accent. I thought, you know what the interesting thing is though, is that all of these guys fuck themselves up on a daily basis yes. in these cars like from the seventies, yes. like that had no airbags or, or anything. Headrests. Anything at yeah. all. Like anti-lock brakes, go down the list. Yeah. Um a windows. Are you <laughs> suggesting they didn't have forward but, like crash <laughs> alert? Having just been in Iraq like a month ago, I cannot imagine Having that happen to you yeah. every fucking day. Wait, but none of them complained. Well, none no. of them. Like, until the one guy at the end was like, I'm kind of tired of having a burnt butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he was doing that skid mark move where he would slide <laughs> into the ring of fire. Right through the fire. He was also the guy that the, he was on the hood of the car. Like the right. battering ram. Oh, right. that was fucking wild! It, they lit a like a pallet on fire, and that guy went head first on top of a car through a fireball. He, he had on a crash helmet, but still, it was awesome. So uh, the, Mike and I talked about this, Julie, and we both have been to like county fairs and seen these shows 
like, Wait, live. this kind of stuff? I was going to yeah. ask you guys. Yeah. Okay. You, okay. Not? Uh, I didn't know that this existed. Oh, wow. So This ha- is amazing. Have you ever gone to a demolition derby? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Because that was a big part of the opening of the movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, totally. Was that scene. So so let's just talk about it. So the movie has a guy. I don't have any of it pulled up here, Mike. His name was oh, Dusty. Dusty Russell. Dusty Russell. Dusty Russell. Who's not a great actor. Um, but not... It's, I, it's not it's not the worst I've seen. I've seen people who b- believe they are actors who were worse than he is. I mean, yes, I was going to say I think if I was making a film with non-actors, mm-hmm. which most of these guys are, right. if I could have gotten the level of performance that he got out of most of them, mm-hmm. I would have been very happy with that. 100%. That we'll we'll get into what makes this movie good, but um I just wanted to talk a little bit about the story. So we meet Dusty Russell. And he's just a fucking drifter. He just rolls into town. But and he goes into this bar. He has no money. He starts ordering food, drinks, shots whiskey. of whiskey. And he says, I, I can't pay for it. And the guy's like, you got some balls on you, buddy. And then he, like, basically the bartender guy is needing a load of um, illegal liquor, ran from place to place. And he says, you know how to drive? And he's like, yep, I know how to drive. He goes, well come on over here and you can do this and you can make some money. Oh, wait. And then he outran all of the cops. He goes to this fucking barn where they have this souped up hot rod. They keep calling it a tank or something. Was it yeah. the guy? Um, it, and there's dudes are drinking all the liquor. There's a 34 Dodge. Yes. <laughs> okay. So he's, he goes into the, into the barn where the car is and he's looking at it. About that time, the local sheriff shows up. What sort of human freak did they get to play that sheriff? <laughs> you notice how that is enormous such a beautiful he was? Question. He was. <laughs> but he was, I mean, and he's played the sheriff in other roles in other movies. I looked him up. He's not done a lot. None of the people in this movie have done a lot. Almost everybody in it has one credit, and it's this movie. Yeah. But it scrolls through in the beginning, and it's like himself, himself, himself. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love Which that. Which is great. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a crazy series of car chases. Oh, wait. Um, so, like, then the cops, like, uh, one cop knocks one another cop off a cliff. Yeah. And then they body slam some parked car. And there's, yes. like, these, like, interludes of comedy where, like, he's calling it in. And that guy really is just like, you comedy. hit me. You hit me. Really good comedy. Like, I, you it was so right successful. into my car. <laughs> yeah. They, the police, the deputies, and the state police in that chase scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told, I told, I told Dylan as we were watching it. I said, these guys are to cars what stormtroopers are to guns. Yes, <laughs> yes. they're the worst drivers because they would just like one guy would run down a huge embankment into the edge mm-hmm. of the river, and the other guy would just be like, "Well, I guess that's where we're going." Yeah, yeah, yeah and like he would just drive them. right down. Even no, there was a road down there. In the wait, there's not. <laughs> Um, so, and then the one just like uh, gets outrun, and then he um, throws rocks. Yes, that made me laugh really hard because I thought he was going to shoot at the guy. How <laughs> yeah. many times in the first half hour of this movie did people stand with their legs spread, shaking their fists at Dusty as he drove away? That was it great. It was so frequent. <laughs> it was really so. Dusty completes his booze run. Even though he he had been pursued, but he got away and got the job done. Then he gets sort of stiffed by the bar owner that was getting him to do the run. Um, so he uh, meets his new best friend, 
down at the store. Very well, suddenly. Wait, he fights his way out of there, and the girl right. that he hit on previously yes. just leaves just, her job and comes with him. Because she's got to have some of that. Yeah. I mean, he just swung his dick around and then, like, got the girl. Absolutely. And then... It was the uh, ascot. <laughs> I think it was... I've never done that, but I keep seeing it in movies, like, where dudes tie a thing around Look, their neck. Don't... Don't don't well, do it. But like I, that that UFO movie, Mike, the thing that I told you about with that guy, uh-huh. where he's in uh, Virginia, Brazil, he's wearing a fucking handkerchief tied around his neck through the whole thing, and it looks like that probably helps in the heat of like. That, now that would be different, but if you're doing it just as like to be like Peter Bogdanovich, I don't know if. Well, I, I mean, there's a difference between what Dusty was doing and what. This guy Dude, in this UFO documentary. That's done. a look. That's yeah. like coming yeah. back too. I see a lot of chicks wearing it. Yeah, and like on trend right now. It's very that's different. <laughs> but I'm saying if you're if you're sporting like a little kind of neo porn handlebar mustache, <laughs> it like is, Dusty is. Oh, this little genie man. Yeah. Dusty looked good. Um, and he was he had a, a badass. Yeah. He had some swag. Get a look. Too. So, Man, and then he just became the greatest daredevil, like, on the circuit. That guy that runs the fucking daredevil show just fell in love with him immediately. Yes, uh-huh. he did. Just like, you are the best. I've never seen anybody as good as you. But he was, like, fearless and, like, just eager to be like, okay. Just and just, like, was like, I got it. about everything. You want to do the dive bomber? Sure. No sweat. Yeah. Um, no, just, you just tell Crash to go. Do something else. Crash. We'll get to Crash. Um... So the movie is really well shot. It is shockingly well shot. Well put together. But part of why it's well put together, Mike, did you notice who edited the film? Yes, I did. How fucking wild was it to see that name? We saw his name and was like, that cannot be the same guy. There's no way that's the same guy. And it's the same guy. So the movie was edited by Hampton Francher, who wrote Blade Runner. No, Pe- Peoples. Yeah, that's right. Not that's Hampton. Right. Not Francher, but David Peoples. Okay. Yeah. Who wrote Blade Runner. Cool. And Still never seen it, a guess. bunch of Still other never stuff. Still never seen it. Uh, the Unforgiven. Yes. And a bunch of, like, amazing things. Like okay. Oscar-winning cool. things. Like, uh, no joke fucking dude. And, like, the guy, Peyton, the producer of the film, That the, that's how I found this movie, was because I watched... Um, I watched something. Oh, I watched um, Knock Knock. Not, um, you know, the original Knock Knock. Um, yeah. Death Weekend. Night, Death Weekend. Um, anyway, I watched that, and that was directed by that guy, and that's the one where... We did that on the podcast. The what? We did Death Weekend on the podcast. Right? Well, then it's not Death Weekend. It's... Oh, Death Weekend is the one with... Uh, uh, Don Stroud. Don Stroud. But it's and, not uh, Death Weekend. That hot Fuck, Brenda Vaccaro. Oh yeah, yeah. What is it? I know what you're talking. It's with uh, Candy Clark and no, uh, the Vlad. Hold on, Knock. I thought it was Candy Clark and Sandra Locke. You're right. It is. Um, What the fuck is it? Was it originally? Knock Knock, which was a remake of. Death Game, not Death Weekend. Death Game. Oh. So anyway, I watched Death Game, and that was directed by the Peyton guy. And that's the one where, um, uh, or excuse me, Trainer. I said Peyton. Peter S. Trainer. Death Game has a rad cover. But, um, man, that was a weird movie. 
<laughs> but in that movie, um, the Peter well, S. Trainer yeah. guy was seventy uh, four. He was five? constantly getting in uh, arguments with Seymour Cassell mm-hmm. to the point where Seymour Cassell just basically walked off the set, and so all of the audio for his character in the movie was looped at the end by oh. the editor of the film. Huh. And the editor of the film was like um, um, David Worth, who was a director who did a whole shitload of movies, I think, that we've done on the podcast. But anyway, it was this whole like circular thing where when I found this... So I watched Death Game, and then I was like, man, this this is an insane backstory. So I was like, what else did, did this um, trainer guy do? Peter S. Trainer, And then it was like, that movie, Steel Arena. And I was like, fuck, that sounds great. And it's Mark L. Lester... And I was like, well, what else has Mark Lester done? And it was like two movies after that, he did this other stuntman movie. And I was like, okay, here oh. we go. We got to do these two. So that was the sort of long, circuitous route to this fucking shit. But the movie is put together well. It has terrible music. And it's maybe just my own personal taste as to why I think it's terrible music. But I didn't think the music was entertaining at all. It sort of captures 1973, I thought. But it, it wasn't anything I was going to like get the soundtrack for. I mean, well, it's, it captures 1973 in the sweaty Peckerwood South. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, that's the thing: is the music isn't the best, and right. kind of like neither is the plot. No, like, there's the writing, hardly any. But plot. like, their chemistry with each other was so phenomenal, mm-hmm. and then what they were doing is, I don't know, like it just seemed really authentic to me too. Like it was really real. Yeah, but it's truly, like, a lost chronicle of, like, Americana. Yes. Like... Absolutely. Holy shit. Like, I don't know. Like, these dudes doing... Oh, wait, it's like, let's talk about the stunts that they would do. Like, those sweet, like, rollover crashes, those, like, yeah. kick-flipping, you know, like, vehicles. That was awesome. There were the ring of fire mm-hmm. that, like, we talked about where, like, they would run their butts through or just, like, slide. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. The wall of fire... And, like, the T-bones, and then those were insane. And then, like, the jumps that it went from 70 feet was the world record. Right. And then they they pushed him to go 80. Right. Which he got kind of fucked up in. Well, and then the whole thing where he was going, I'm going to do a... You could do a hundred. And and his buddy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's ease up, because he almost got killed doing that one. We don't need to maybe push it harder. But then you have this, like, arch rival that has this jealousy. Mm-hmm. The notorious crash. Bandicoot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the dynamite guy, though, Mr. Adam, that shit Ooh, loved was him. incredible. What when a good he did I, was, I was so uncomfortable when Dusty was, like, uh-huh. squatting down there talking Both to him as he prepped smoking. it. Both of them just puffing away on cigarettes, and he's got, like, Two or three sticks of dynamite and a bunch of fuse in his yeah. hand, and they're just literally like ash, and like a, like an yeah. inch of ash, just just in there. And he's going, "I tell you, the first time I did this stunt, he said, I got out,' and I said, I'd get down on my knees, <laughs> and I I prayed to the God. I said, just God, just let me live in some more, let me live longer.' And then I got in the box, and they blew me up. And I and I did it again and again. He <laughs> comes out. What got me was when the, the announcer, the, the leader of the troop or whatever. Yeah, I have no idea what his character's it, name was. His name's Gene Reed or something like okay. that. But he tells him, he says, okay, folks, there's Mr. Adam. Give it up for you. He can see you, but he can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, um, he was the best. Let's see. 
So, I, I want to go back. I have a note here. Okay. So, at the beginning, we we talked about the sheriff pursuing him while he's trying to get away with that liquor. Did you notice the sheriff's sunglasses? Yes. <laughs> this were maybe the goofiest, most awesome sunglasses I've ever seen. When they were they outside looked- of the barn? The, yeah. Well, and when he's driving, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, they look sort of like a cross between sunglasses and goggles. <laughs> they round and everything. But they look like... they, Mike, they look like the fucking sunglasses that the lead singer for Stone Temple Pilots would wear. Yeah, from what? Scott Whalen? Yeah, that's what yeah. it looked like. It reminded me of like those Scott Whalen glasses. I'm just thinking that those were of... Like those were the ones they could find that would fit this man. That, his head, giant head, had to be as big as like a twenty-pound propane tank. Yeah, no, it looked like a ham sitting <laughs> on his shoulder. He is. He was like eight feet tall because, like, the bar owner of Moonshine guy yeah. was not a small man. No. And this dude was t- two of him. Yeah, it was. It was like like a, they just should have hired him to play Jabba. I wonder if it was like. Um, Deliverance. If they just rolled into this town where they were going to shoot, and they just said, "Anybody in this town ever acted before?" and they just gathered people. You know, is anybody in this town twelve feet tall and weighs about six hundred pounds? <laughs> anybody in this town got a little Bigfoot in them? <laughs> Sheriff Sasquatch. Yeah, it's like he's a shaved Sasquatch passing <laughs> his human. So it. But the very, very, very opening of the movie is this old car with a cross on top of it with the word hallelujah painted across the front. Oh, yeah. And repent. And we have our hero who's who's hitchhiking, gets picked up by this guy and dropped off on the side of the road. And that's, that's how we meet. And Dusty, and he's like, I'm sorry, I fucking I loved that. Take you all when, the way into town. I only yeah. go into town on Sundays for church. It was just, I, I loved it. it. Wave of uh, wise blood and nostalgia when yes. I, I saw that. Nice. I was like, wow. But it's such a well put together opening for a second film. That, because, you know, Mike, we're our, our like gold standard for like terrible, uh, you know, driving footage is scalps. Yes. And this was the opposite of that. It was a really well assembled, like, like travelogue. It was. Yeah. It was. It was painfully. Like they, it, maybe because the footage was all well shot, right? And it like really some was. just incre- incredible one-offs. Like there's a thing where it's like sunrise, and they're shooting between yes. these gas pumps. Yeah, between the gas pumps. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And it, it was a great shot. And like, but like some of the stuff where it's just they're driving, they're driving, they're driving. So and much. awful music. The awful music. They're just going through playing. little shitty town to little shitty town. And yes. And yeah. even when they do something like when they just go out by, I think. Those gas, those big gas tanks, and they're just mm-hmm. fucking around and doing donuts yeah. in the mud. It's like in that me. nice Thunderbird. Yeah. Well, well, I was, I was like, do not crash. Just covering it in mud. What I thought was weird too was you just saw like the cool cars driving, but I'm like, where's all right. of your stuff? Like they didn't have this like huge. But they didn't have much stuff, and it was probably just in the trunks. Yeah, because oh. look at what they. I mean, they had like their fire suit and their helmet. So or their little coveralls in their helmet, because like all the stuff they're crashing through is just some shitty old two by fours and pallets, like you said. So, so they, just, like, they to, probably like, just pick the those up at the, every town they exactly. Go. <laughs> well, like you, there was that one footage, the the shots at the beginning where we saw them like roll into town and go into a junkyard and going. Any of these mm-hmm. run? Well, it doesn't yeah, matter I need how good they run. Cheap. I need it to okay. just be brought out here because it ain't gonna be running when we're done with it. Yeah. Right, and a couple of hours. Right. 
I like yeah, it's like Mr. Adam and then the lead dude. Um, they were like, oh, we we remember this town. Don't you remember this town? Yeah. You know, it was oh, like yeah, 20 years ago a really we good through. bar over there. I think we that played here about 20 years ago. That, those little, like, that is clean, precise little storytelling things. Instead of having to do a flashback, we just have that moment. And then we learn that these guys have been doing this for 20 years or more. We don't need a bunch of bullshit. It's it's just literally one sentence, move on. Now we know. This is like the thing these guys have been doing. I, I just thought it was really uh, economical. And even though, as we talked about before, I, I think we started recording, if this movie had been about 20 minutes shorter, I think it would have been better. Yeah. But I still super enjoyed it. Yeah. It struck me, and, and well, really in watching both of these, because particularly this one, I think, was lower budget than stunts. But yes. when you look at, when you look at, there was a, and I'm a, such a fan of like early to mid 80s low budget stuff, like horror stuff in particular, and, and you know, weird action, post apocalyptic, all that mm-hmm. stuff. But there's something about the way they made movies in the 70s that even a super low budget thing like this looks so much more like a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, like it was the way, because they had like these guys that were real cinematographers, I guess they had come out of, I guess as the studio, I don't know if it was like, as the studio system started to fall apart and they got, these guys went out and found, you know, different avenues to apply their trade. But I have no idea who the cinematographer was on it, but I looked at it. He, he had done, uh, uh, low budget stuff. He just, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know if it's the equipment that they shot with, mm-hmm. but, to, but I don't really think that it can be a hundred percent that because it, you can give anybody can take a camera and go out and point it at something, but to compose a shot and get the light well, and like have yeah. the, maybe that's Lester. Maybe he's the, the secret maybe. ingredient, you know, cause I mean, the guy has had a career, you know, he did command, but I mean, it's commando. Not, not, I guess my point is, it's not just these two movies. It's like when you watch. Oh, I got you. Like, like that I liked, I liked Boogeyman that we did in the last episode. I think I liked it better than you did. Mm-hmm. I know, but it it was way more kind of gr- grungy and low rent looking. Yes. Than this. Yes. And I can't imagine the budgets were that much different. I, I think you know it's what just I mean. The- difference between having somebody who's hungry and wanting to like make his bones and like you know prove himself and somebody who's just you know yeah i'll i'll shoot your movie i'm i'm gonna go bold and say that i would compare this movie to or like at least put it on double feature on like a saturday two lane blacktop i want i was sitting here i was as soon as you said whatever you were gonna say i was gonna say you know what i'd like pair it with it's yeah two lane blacktop yeah well and we actually had a long discussion about two lane blacktop while this while we were watching this nice. and we were talking about the the difference the similarities and the differences and dylan said what what is it that makes like two lane blacktop feel more like an art movie yeah. Than than this does because right. they're both low budget movies just following some people out on the road. Well, it, Tulane Blacktop had a, a political statement at its core. I think I think True. it did, yeah. But I also think that there was a where you were talking about the economic uh, uh, the uh, econ like what the fuck economical the, economical yes economical filmmaking where in Tulane Blacktop I think it was the 
lack of dialogue mm-hmm. yeah made may it made things seem more impactful well it was because it was like it was all about this stuff that wasn't being yeah. said yeah yeah because they would roll into one of those little towns and all the towns sort of seemed like dead right there was nobody much around, and they would go in and just look you know, for somebody change to a tire or change a tire or whatever, get some gas. And it just, I don't know. It was a. But it's kind of cool that these guys would just be the entertainment in these like mm-hmm. really small towns that didn't have a lot going on. Yeah. Right. They were like the circus that would come to town. Yeah. Because you would see the stands in some of the scenes in this movie, and it looked like probably the whole town was there. Oh, just, it was yeah. so great to like see those stands and see those people in those clothes with those hairstyles and stuff, and I was just like, man, I got pictures of me <laughs> looking exactly like half the Well, see, kids. that's the thing is that we're like, oh, fucking Gene, the, the guy that runs the show. Mm-hmm. At one point, he had these pants on, and I know I had like some tough skins that were that yeah. colored stripes. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So that's just how friggin' old we are. So when Dusty, you know, is in that bar, like Julie mentioned, the waitress there, he's got a Joanne. He's got takes a shine to her, and that girl is Hot. gorgeous. H a w t exactly. So she starts hanging around with him and his buddy. Who I can't remember what his name is. Buddy Love. I think it was Buddy. Yeah, Buddy, Buddy Love. Cool. Yeah. So he and Buddy Love hit the road. They, they st- <laughs> Dusty Rubbles and uh, Russell and Buddy Love. And they well, and Buddy Love was the name of the the Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Lewis character, right? Um, when he turned into a prick after the Nutty Professor. And the Nutty Professor, right? So when I saw that, I was like, "What's that? Can't be his real name. It's just apparently his, at least his stage name." Wow. So, but I mean, that's. Buddy Love as himself. I mean, that's you he know. said. That's my sticking my head through a flaming wall name. <laughs> that dude was really good. I liked his character. I liked his little arc. I liked his that he cared for his friend and wanted to like ease him out of all these super dangerous stuff. I just really thought that was a, a cool thing. Like he was mother henning Dusty a little bit. And I thought that was <laughs> nice. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was enjoying the shit out of some Buck Owens duet too. Oh my god! And he's like, I can't take any more of this caterwauling or whatever he said. I thought <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, this is some good ass music. And he says, yeah, if you call that <laughs> caterwauling or whatever right. it was music, then I guess so. Um, so they they hit the road, go to the next town where there's a demolition derby, or they call it a destruction derby or something. And um, they enter in the car that they got from the liquor run, uh-huh. and everybody's laughing at them. There's a great scene where they roll up, and everybody at the fucking thing comes out and makes fun of them and their fucking car and says, you can't enter this. This is a piece of shit. But they're not swearing. It's all very PG. They really were so careful about that. I, I noticed. thought that was nice. I really yeah. like that. Um, but they, end they up, wanted to make sure the kids could come to the drive-in this night. There's a there's a challenger there who wears a mask. The mask marble? The masked marble, and he's the bad guy. And he shakes his fist so hard when he gets oh, destroyed. He's very aggressive. It's great. So there's this great little demolition derby thing. It's great. And, Mike, it made me, all of this movie, I actually looked it down, and then I went and watched the commercials for the old Kenner SSP SST, demolition derby. Yes. Yes. So, man. Adam. Oh, man. I love that. I love those things. Do you you know what we're talking about, Julie? The toy? No. Definitely before your time. Um, Is it SST? Is it supersonic? SSP, I think. SSP, supersonic power. (laughs) You pull this little plastic strip out and it makes this wheel spin. Ooh, okay. And this set came with two cars and you would make them crash and then they would fly apart. You could put them back together. Oh, that rules. 
I'm gonna ask. It was a great toy. I'm gonna show cool. Julie the commercial. Whoops. I remember the year I got those. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think awesome. I got it as a birthday present. I got it for Christmas because the same year I got that, I got the Evil Knievel that you would crank the thing and click the button and it would jump the. I had that and the action band or whatever. All right, Julie, here's the toy. I didn't get the action band. <laughs> It looks so cool. Oh, this was this a- is like really the commercial. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the seventies was wild. Oh, that's great! They're like Lego pieces that fall off, and then you put yeah, it that- back together. Sick. Yeah, it was the best toy. I loved it so much. Um, but anyway, I could not stop thinking about that during that scene, and honestly, through most of the movie, because it's largely based around car destruction. Um, I just, yeah, still can't think about, like, can't stop thinking about the newer cars. <laughs> like, how they would just, like, crush. Oh, God, yeah. Like, they wouldn't be able to drive after no. that. And these things are still going. I used to love it. Like, I remember, gosh, it had to be maybe 15 years ago going to the state fair down in Raleigh. And they had an enormous demolition derby down there. Cool. Huge. And so you're up in the stands. Um and it, it went on forever, and it was I, I wish it had gone on for three days. It was just the best. All these cars just, like, barely moving. Um, but we actually went to one at the Coliseum that was indoors. Oh. Wow. Greensboro? Yeah. Okay. Wow. And it was wild to see that indoors. And it at a certain point, I was like, I don't believe this is safe. Because <laughs> those cars, like, pieces of those cars could have come off and flown into the stands. There was no netting or anything to protect the huh. audience. At the state fair, there was. Okay. But there wasn't. It was the 70s, man. Come on. Well, well, no, no, I'm talking about the stuff I've seen lately. I saw, like, a gravedigger thing there. Like a monster truck thing. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, we went to a a couple of those when Dylan was little. Those are fun. And it was fun. But the thing is, like, in the indoor one, like, at the Coliseum, it was so restrictive as far as, like, what the trucks could do. Yes, totally. Because the trucks are enormous. Yes. They're so large. And... It would be like it was a boom, jump, and stop. Right. Because you had to. Right. Or you're going to go and through like, the wall. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but like, it was nuts, like, being in the Coliseum when they would crank those things. Oh, my yeah. God. The whole place shook. Yes. You can't hear like, for a while. Like, you could feel the... Yeah. I, oh, yeah. You have to wear hearing protection. I, I've had to every time I've gone to one of those things, because oh, it's just wow. definite. I, did, I didn't. Yeah. I should have. Did Dylan? Because no. we did for me and Parker and everybody else, we went and bought like a whole oh. kit of earplugs and protected. No, we didn't. Safety but first. The one, um, the one that was indoors, the demolition derby. The reason why I knew that it was dangerous because at a certain point I looked down and I just had mud all over my shirt. So like stuff <laughs> from the track was getting up into the stand. That's awesome. It's like going to a Shamu show and being in the splash zone. I was covered. <laughs> right. So let's just let's just get to the sort of the, let's get. Through enough of this, so we can talk about the ending because the ending I thought was amazing oh, for a movie yeah. like this to choose to do what they did at the end. Um, so there's a, another one of these daredevils. His name is Crash, and he's very jealous of all the attention that Dusty's getting. So he keeps sort of doing things, changing things, doing all this stuff, fucking around, and Dusty just won't be stopped on his quest for this enormous jump. He's so confident. So they do this thing where he's racing along and he's flying up this ramp and then all of a sudden it starts being like crazy slow motion and dead silent. And I was like, what the 
fuck is this is what is this Bonnie and Clyde is this yeah. what's happening the crash the it was jarring it was intense fuck he's all bloody and shit uh-huh. um, and then like you know some stuff happens and then the last scene in the movie is Joanne the girlfriend getting on a fucking bus and leaving town and you're like did Dusty going die? back to her hometown? What yeah. happened? Like they don't say and, it, and I'm just like, I'm no, like, they never. I was like, like really impressed sure. with that choice. Well, they didn't cover his face when they put him in the ambulance, right? But it's yeah. still so, like, well, that's because the bad guy fucking um, slit his seatbelt a little right. bit. No, it was, was like the up, crash man. was trying to get him out of the picture. I know, and it was, but it was like very seventies, bad dude. Yeah. I was like really, really impressed with that narrative choice. I was just the shot too, because like that they shot that final crash from about five different yes. angles, and it's in the middle because it was all that the diff- yeah right in the middle of town, right? <laughs> like on Main Street. <laughs> There's like little kids everywhere. Yes, watching like, this dude die. Yeah, this this guy it definitely was, died. Like when you see Evil Can Evil jump back in the day, and it was just an audience full of children there, just watching a guy's bones be shattered. Yeah, in front of Caesar's Palace, <laughs> and just like Woo. plaster all over the. Um. Anyway, and everybody I, just like slowly walked away. I fucking love Steel Arena. Yeah, this movie was I fantastic. Was, shocked i really and i was so excited because our second film uh same director similar sort of plot but with an actual cast of actors that we like of good actors and i thought man as good as steel arena was stunts is going to be infinitely better oh boy i can't wait so let's um let's go from steel arena Let's go forward a couple of years to 1977 for another Mark Lester movie, Stunts. How come you're in such a hurry to get to San Luis? They're shooting a movie up there, doing some big action sequences. I'm a writer. I'm doing an article on stuntmen. Oh. Oh, something called Action Magazine. Say something you wrote that I might have read. Well, most of the time I write for literary quarterlies and psychology magazines. New York stuff, I doubt if you've read it. How'd you get this job? Well, the idea is that stuntmen, basically, they're very boring people apart from their work. I'd like to really get into the psychological attitude behind the work. I don't get you. Well, for instance, on this movie, there was a stuntman, a guy called Greg Wilson, who got killed a few days ago. Well, that's good, maybe for a few paragraphs, but why he did it, you know, the recklessness behind doing a stunt like that, that's a good story. It's a real interesting slant you got on things, lady. You really think so? No, I don't, but then I'm a stuntman. And that vain, reckless boy you described as having gotten killed, that was my brother. So, stunts. Good cast. It's got Robert Forster. And I did learn that Robert Forster was Robert Foster, but he added the R, Forster, because there was already a Robert Foster in the Actors Guild. Oh, I didn't know that. That's where that name came from. Oh, wow. But he's in it. Fucking Bob Shea wrote it. 
which is no fucking joke. Um, Bruce Glover is in it, who I always like to see show up in things. Joanna Cassidy is in it. She's always great. Always great. Um, And I was like, oh, oh, Fiona Lewis is in it. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is a no-joke, star-studded movie for that era. And wow, was it lackluster and cheesy. Some really standout moments. Yeah, that fucking I think so. helicopter flying around and its blades nearly chopping people's heads off. <laughs> Crazy, completely impressed me. Well, the, I the was in a knot from it. some of that. Where the that yeah, where the brother insane. dies, where he's he's hanging yeah. from and he can't get the hook. Yeah, yeah, to close he just thuds on the ground. It was. Did you, did you guys were you surprised by who was the bad guy? No. I was not. Did you know immediately? Because I didn't. I did. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't. I'll tell you who I, I, I didn't thought. know either. I thought Richard. it was the daughter. Oh. The one oh, really? Who, I thought it was the daughter. And she was pissed off because people weren't giving her enough attention and stuff. And so she was just moving through the ranks. We just I felt like it was a, a missed opportunity to have Richard Lynch in the movie and not make him the villain. I know. But that's exactly what I was about to say. He's always the villain. So, I mean, I think it's... So it good. was a nice juxtaposition. Do you know the story about, like, his scars and stuff? From the war? No, from um, doing a lot, a lot of drugs in Central Park and setting himself on fire. <laughs> Richard Lynch? Yeah, that's yes. why his face is all sort of fucked up. Oh. Yeah. It does look kind of melty, but, but after he did it, he huh. got clean and got started acting. So, I had okay. this image of him having acted before the accident, but he hadn't. He was, it was after the accident when he joined the actor's studio and stuff like that. Oh, he's, wow. he's he's really doing something in this though. He's like, good. He, dude, he's, he's, he's good. This. There's moments where it gets like up in his face and you can see him like really emoting. Like that thing good. where he's they're they're going yeah, over the stunt where the guy fell off the side of the building. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. that's where Glover yeah. dies. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they and like they're Basically, because he's the effects guy who's rigging the stuff, mm-hmm. they're accusing him of having done it, and he's like, "Man, the camera is right up on him." Yeah, he is the red herring of this movie. Totally. Oh right? yeah, he's he's like, the MacGuffin. You know, yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> Anytime you have him in a movie and he's not the villain, he is the MacGuffin. I always loved him from uh, Barbarian Bros when I was a kid. <laughs> um, you need to love something the, from that movie. The one with the two bodybuilder guys. Yeah. yeah. yeah of course. Um, oh. And then, um... Invasion USA. Yeah. Invasion USA. And then what was the movie we did? Um, the... Fuck. Episode, I think it was my choice. Well, I love him, and um, God told me to. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a standout movie on so many levels. Um, I'll let you, give you a minute to look, Joel. How about Werewolf? Werewolf? Wait, with Richard Lynch from Mystery Science Theater that movie Werewolf that's got Richard Lynch in it because like every time you see him in the movie his hair is like slightly different color it's wow I have I don't even remember that Mystery Science Theater and it's a great episode of Mystery Science Theater okay and Um, it might be one of those things that the movie actually might be okay if you watched it in in it like in total in its complete form and didn't have somebody sitting there picking it apart and making riffing on it Sort of like this Island Earth, where it's it's actually not a bad movie. No, this Island Earth is a great movie. The um, internet th- says he was in um, an episode of Baywatch, and I think that's amazing. 
Oh, I think he probably worked in just about everything. I mean, I'm oh, sure he's, Robert he's Forster probably was on Baywatch. In a lot. But we did uh, Invasion Force from 1990 oh, that yes. he was in. I do he remember was, that. I loved that movie. Um, so this movie opens with another really cool travelogue segment where um, the Robert Forster's brother wakes up in bed with a hot chick who we don't know who she is. At that moment, we just know she's a hot chick. And he gets on his motorcycle and rides down to the set where he's going to do this crazy stunt that he's been planning for years. And, um, you know, like, my biggest issue with this movie is that it's just, it just doesn't take the stunt work seriously. Like those Australian stunt movies, Mm -hmm. like you, it got into the nuts and bolts of like what they were doing, their safety equipment. That and all that stuff, and it the seemed page. Re- yeah, two episode two hundred six, cunning stunts. Yes, <laughs> and it was really a, a, a ruled. respect respectful look at stuntmen, and this was just goofy. Like they're well, doing those stunts, and they're wearing bright red helmets. It's like you, you're not going to do that because it's going. You can't digitally remove the helmet, right? You know, if you're wearing a helmet, it's going to be black. Yeah, and you're going to shoot it in a way you can't see it. You're not going to climb out on the side of the car with your bright red helmet on, because <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Come on, sense. Mike. <laughs> um, that the scene you talked about, Mike, where they're looking at the footage from when when um, when Glover falls off the side of that building, and the footage they're looking at that ostensibly is one piece of film out of one camera is about nine different angles all cut together. Yeah, yeah. it's like that's not how those work either. And it's so there was just all this stuff where I was like. I kind of forgave that thing because I've, that's been the case in so many movies. Like sure. that when they're reviewing security camera footage right. and or closed circuit footage, and, stuff. and there's multiple yeah. angles and close ups. Yes, like yeah. all good security cameras yeah. give you like and, a nice... and the soundtrack. So yeah, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Um, Is Ry Cooter doing that for that uh, security uh, camera footage? It's really good. It's got that mournful Ry Cooter sound. Um, I, I thought the opening was good. I thought the helicopter stunt was impressive that, like which one there was you know because there were multiple that were great let's they just were, say they yeah. they did a lot with that helicopter they but did. that opening bit where the helicopter was whipping around on the road and like tipping forward and the blades were like like right at those people i was uh-huh. like really nervous and that whole thing where the brother was trying to hook the thing in and mm-hmm. hanging on he was going help help i was like oh yeah in a knot the dummy they dropped off that helicopter was great. It, yeah, it was. and the way it cut, hit the, the ground, they cut God. to his body on the ground, and his legs were all like going Angled. different directions yeah. and shit. That was fucked Some up. It followed yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, this movie is gonna got something for me. I'm ready, bring it. And then I just slowly lost interest. Robert Forster's character was an asshole. Oh, yeah. I loved him. He had that red minivan with like a window, like heart. Love the like, van. I was like, hello. Love the van. What's up, my dude? But he was a prick. Like, he just, he wasn't nice to anybody. He just wasn't interesting. I'm not saying he was a I bad him. actor. I thought the choices for the character were terrible. Yeah. And the director, clearly, Mr. He was Lester. Hardened. Dude, he had to pull the plug on his friend. Well, he was a professor, we find out. And then he gave up the professoring life and became a stuntman. As yeah. you did. For some reason. I would like to have heard more about that. Totally. Tell me about that. How yeah. said, did it change? I have, a doctorate. I have a doctorate in falling out of things. <laughs> yes, I'm very good at falling. <laughs> they call um, me Professor Gravity. Mike, did you notice at the point where... Um, 
they were where his buddy's in the hospital and he's on the EKG. That the EKG's brand name was Saturn Three. No, I did not. Yes, I was like something is wrong. Oh Saturn my god! <laughs> that scene. So Bruce, Glover's I didn't miss Harvey Keitel as a doctor, did I? Uh, no, no. Completely dubbed. Um, the Bruce Glover thing. So like he falls off a building because somebody greased his rope. And then he's in the hospital. His diaphragm is paralyzed. He will never not be on a respirator. Uh, Joanna Cassidy, his fiance, I guess, um, is very distraught. Oh, and then Robert so Forster much. just goes in there and unplugs his fucking machine. Says, "Well, he like pulls that tube out of his mouth." Well, he drops the tube out Dude. of his mouth after he turns off oh, the respirator, right, so he just right. dies. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like, I think that's murder. That is murder. I mean, he like mercy killed him because he's like, this is what I would want to do. What? Yeah, but I, I, no, I would want to do that. Dude, that was wild. Do it you like want to do this? I'm like, no, he didn't ask him. He just killed him. Yeah, he straight up just like told him that his wife was okay and like all of his everything was all right except for him, and then just like but, pulled that plug. And wouldn't the law be interested in this thing? He's in that I mean, room this, alone with that I was guy. Like, oh, this is the seventies. Like, they come that's back a minute later. He's in. dead. Hey, get that guy. Yeah, he would be in fucking jail for murder. Totally. That and that nothing comes of it. Not a guy. Yeah, yeah. Then it's just like next scene. <laughs> doesn't he take? And also, doesn't he take his brother's motorcycle down to the beach and push it in the water? Mm-hmm. And then doesn't he ride that same motorcycle to the stunt at the end? It's that same Kawasaki. Oh, good question. I know he runs it off of the cliff. I didn't realize it was the same bike. It's it. it he either is riding the same bike which obviously would have been a mistake to use it again after having a stuntman funeral and pushing it in the ocean. Oh, or yeah. he went and bought an exact replica of it. Maybe he did that and it was meant to be. See, that again would have been an interesting thing if he went out and replaced it with one just like it because he was doing the stunt that his brother yeah. was, you know. But yeah. also like, yeah, why even do it? Why, you know, like yeah. just to either have it be a different motorcycle or show us him getting an exact copy or that's, that's what I mean. Stuntman thing, like make a choice that isn't just a oops continuity error. Um, you know what's funny though is like I thought it was kind of like sometimes they come back vibes when they were in the cliff mm-hmm. um, with their motorcycles and they're like you know if one of us dies or like gets it in the shorts <laughs> then like we're all gonna quit <laughs> and I was like oh man are they gonna like come back after this. I, I- it's, I would have liked anything to happen in this movie because this movie was... It was kind of boring. And it just... There was that guy who wanted to be a stuntman who just kept showing up and crashing things and fucking yes. stuff up. And yeah. it was like, why are they letting this guy do this? How does this guy think that's cool? No, no. Even the lowest budget film on Earth would not have just had somebody wander onto the set and grab one of the stunt vehicles and get on two wheels and ride it 100 yards down the street. Well, right. And then like, roll it. Right. One of the guys yelled at him, and he's like, listen, you dumb jabroni. <laughs> I didn't even I, know that I was like a... I kick you upset. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing until much later. Until fucking Jerry Lawler started saying <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's always been a thing. Yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. This 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 was a bummer, especially coming down from the high that I had from Steel Arena. It was like really... I let my fucking expectations get the better of me, and... And it just sucked. I was really upset that it wasn't any better than it was. Yeah. After oh. we watched it, Dylan said that he needs to go watch like uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo like two or three times just to 
wash rep- this out. Replenish mm-hmm. his positive Mark Lester vibes. Yes. Hunt his palate. Yeah, or Commando. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm I was a huge it. Commando fan. Dude, and Armed and Dangerous, that movie was on like TBS or T- TNT, like back in the day all the time. Right. I watched the shit out of that. That I is mean, a funny the, movie. Dude, and a talented filmmaker. <laughs> so I mean, At no I, point, though, did, did uh, Dusty tell Buddy that he had a great cock or. <laughs> And and that didn't happen between Glover and and Forrester either. That's so. funny. So I mean, did, did you guys I like the did. character that Forrester played? I sort of attributed his cynicism and because he was there trying to figure out what happened to his brother, right? And so he was a sort of uh, supposition. I'm just saying. To me, it was like he was trying to keep everybody sort of at arm's length so that he could remain objective about. You know what I mean? He didn't, yeah, he didn't want to go in there and just become part of the too much part of the group. That esprit de corps you were talking yeah. about. He was mm-hmm. not. He was not about that because one of these fuckers killed his brother. Yeah, I just yeah. I just didn't like him. I didn't, they didn't make Robert him likable or sympathetic or even interesting. He said, like, "My name is Robert Foster. You killed my brother. Prepare, prepare to die." <laughs> I did think it was funny when they were bitching about. Um, uh, Richard Lynch and his um, his equipment and stuff. The lady said, or the per- the guy said, he only cares about his special defects yeah. instead of effects. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I've never. I think that's a good term to use for a movie where the special effects suck. I said, man, this thing did not so much have special effects; it had more like special defects. I thought, like pandemic. Um, yeah, I mean, the movie. So we do end up finding out who's doing it. It makes sense. There's a car chase with a cool stunt where he jumps off a helicopter into a moving car i thought that was pretty good um some awesome. of the cars were pretty cool um I, the stunts were all great i mean i have no issue with like the and it looked good i mean it was again it was well shot and yeah reminded me of like a six million dollar man episode like it's fun it did have a slight tv movie feel to it it really had a tv movie feel you know a movie that that always struck me that way and it's, this is probably like a blaspheming comment in mm-hmm. horror circles is uh the hills have eyes the hills have eyes looks so much like a really fucked up episode of the Brady Bunch or something. It just <laughs> yeah, it has that look, but thematically and story wise, it's completely it's fucked up. Strong, yeah. yeah. But it's I'm just saying, like the look of the credits of it, everything yeah, about yeah. it, and a lot of stuff had that look. But then you look at Steel Arena, and it looks like a damn movie through and through. Like I yeah. told you that when I was like texting you, going, "Dude, this is a movie," because I did not. Ex- I thought it was really going to be just like handheld footage at a stunt show i didn't know it was going to have yeah. a story and characters and like cinematography i, I think did still not, arena, go ahead go ahead i did not expect it to be as good as it was it blew me no. away and i did anybody read more about these dudes because like i meant to and i just didn't have time but like i want to like research like like everything I'm, about this kind of circus trooper you know like were they friends previously they had great chemistry you know you know it was something that reminded me or and i don't not like that necessarily a movie that that reminded or made me think about while we were watching it was night riders that's what night riders is it's a group of guys that are basically stuntmen but not for the movies it's just they go to fairs and they have renaissance fairs and they do all these motorcycle stunts dressed as knights. Ooh. So there's jousting and stunt jumps and all this kind of stuff. 
Yeah. And there's like a Jousting. whole. Yeah, that literally. Would be fun. That would be it so is so much fun. It is. It's it's solid. I think Knight Rider is a solid movie. Oh, okay. Tom okay. Savini's great in it. Oh, Ed, Har- Ed Harris's first movie. About. Yes. I totally. I probably saw that when I was a kid, like once. It's a tough one. It's not one that's everywhere. But you know, yeah. now I haven't looked on like Tubi or something. It's probably all over that. Oh, probably. Oh, both of these movies that we talked about today are on Tubi. Yep, and they're on Prime. Okay. Both are on Prime. I couldn't find them on Prime. What well, they say they're on Prime. Um, um, I typed it in, and they're yeah, definitely on Tubi. Yeah. <clears throat> it says they're on Prime. <coughs> Excuse me. They says they're on Prime. But I typed Plex it in and Prime and. One was unavailable. Um, but yeah. So, um, Mike, I looked up to see if there were documentaries about the Joey Chitwood drivers. Yeah. And I found a couple of things. There's a movie called Thrill Driver's Choice Ooh. that you can watch on YouTube. It's like from 1956. Um, so, that would be a thing about these guys. So, back in my childhood, there was this guy, Joey Chitwood, and he had the hell dri- hell drivers right i think so yeah that's how i remember it they would okay. come to county fairs and stuff and they would do these stunt shows and they would that's drive awesome. on two wheels and they would do like flips and they would race and do all this crazy shit um and they would have a demolition derby and then joey chitwood would come out and do stunts and cool. it was great and so i saw him once or twice and it's always my favorite thing and then i'd be like can we go and it would always be like well that's like five dollars we can't we can't do that so you know, I only got to see it a couple times, but it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Joey Chitwood and his death-defying hell drivers from the 1940s. Yeah, by the time we were seeing it, it was a like a super well-established thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> this pulled is so up bizarre. A, oh, there we go. I pulled up some footage here, Mike. Uh, so Night Riders is on Tubi, by the, the way. Thing. Ooh, okay. Nice. It's wild. That's I just good. Googled. I just went to... Um, YouTube and put it in. Yeah. And there's footage from, you found some from the 40s. Here's like uh, Joey Chitwood Thrill Show, 1956. Joey Chitwood Thrill yeah. Show, 1987, 84. Yeah. yeah, I'm watching an 87 one now from 95. Speedway and PA. <laughs> Motordome 70 Speedway and PA. Here's, here's one from 1972, the Astro Spiral wow, 48 jump. minute video here. But anyway, I used to love that shit. So these, the movie, Steel Arena really captured that for me, brought it back, and it was wonderful. So okay. I highly recommend uh, Steel Arena. Just understand it's a little slow in spots, and it maybe goes on a little longer than you'd want it to, but it really is a, is a bold, interesting, well-made little flick. I think 70% of Steel Arena is gold. Yeah. And then, like, the stuff that's not gold is, is is just it's too much of a good thing almost it's just it's too much it's just it's just the same thing over and over and exactly. over exactly that was the thing I, uh, the one thing I would think would be an improvement would be to have more stunts and mix them up because it was literally the same stunts town to town maybe that's the story is these guys do these same things over and over and over again and maybe the conflict is that the only thing you can do is to try to make them more spectacular. Right. And then you wind up overextending yourself and jumping 100 feet instead of 70. And But, like, why not to try it with the car on fire? Right. You know, 
there was that was one of the stunts and um, stunts was where they set Forster on fire and then the uh, Italian guy gets burned up in the in the house. That's right. That's right. Um, that was it was a lame burn that they did and and that director just didn't give a shit. Come on, let's go. We got to shoot this. He goes, hey, that's right. I'm trying my, to get my, my girlfriend's on. my girlfriend's father is waiting for a report. It's just like, it was just it was bad. It just I did think, not respect the. the you want to see a ring. good a, another good stunt movie is Hooper. Right, with Hooper, Burr also the stunt man. The stunt man is with Richard from Richard Rush is amazing. Yeah, but Hooper is so much fun yeah. and full of insane stunts because I mean you know how Needham of course. Yeah, I just watched that not too long ago. Hooper. Yeah. Oh wow! It's been a long time. I saw that in the theater twice. Yeah. Because I went and saw it and loved it because it had James Best, who I love. Oh yeah, and and yeah, he's Jan Michael Vincent, right man. Yeah, yeah, because he's the, the one that, he's the new guy coming in. Yeah, going to replace yeah. all these old timers. Similar role to uh, the mechanic. Hundred percent. I mean, he yeah. played that role. He's, yeah, it's hard to go wrong. All right, well, um, so there's two stunt movies directed by Mark L. Lester in the fucking can. Yeah, these are great. So, um. Who wants to Thank go first so with what else they've been watching? Choosing these. Well, sure. My pleasure. Like, I really, really enjoyed these. Steel Arena, I really enjoyed. Stunts, I'm <laughs> glad I watched. But I uh, won't we'll yeah. be keeping that one around. So, big same. So who wants to go first? I'll go. It's up to y'all. I'll do it. All right. Um, I watched Shawshank Redemption. Oh, wow. I've heard of that. A little flick from 1994. Um, I don't know. I hadn't seen it since i was a kid mm-hmm. um i remember my mom that's never disturbing <laughs> i know right my mom never came to the tape store with us and one right. day she came and she talked to some guy and she's like what should i watch and she's like and he told me to watch shawshank and i did right and it was phenomenal i always get that movie and the green mile confused Ooh, okay i see that because movies similar era and similar i think it was frank darabont they're both based on stephen king stuff yeah but that's why i get them confused um green mile though is sort of magical right it is yeah, and it is. shawshank is not that's that's the one with where they dig the hole through the wall and they have the betty grable poster uh-huh, uh-huh. They, it was it's actually in the book because the story in the in four seasons right. is called rita hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Right, right. So it okay. starts off as Rita Hayworth, and over the years, the posters change as he's digging this okay. hole. And it's like eventually, there's like, at one point, it's Linda Ronstadt. And yeah. I can't I've remember. Read that, but I don't remember any. I think Raquel Welch in 10 Million Years oh, BC might even be did. one of the posters. She was. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was great. His last name's Frayne, right? Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne, yeah, okay. Yeah. And Red, I've seen Red is the guy, the Morgan oh. Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, right yeah. it was just like incredibly powerful like story about friendship. Yep. It was beautiful. And a cool ending. Mm-hmm. And like full, of, full of great character actors. Jeffrey DeMunn's mm-hmm. in there and Bill Sadler and Ooh, like all these yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite, absolute favorite bits of profanity is from, I heard first in in Shawshank when the new guys are getting off the bus and uh, Clancy Brown is the really asshole guard mm-hmm. uh-huh. and one of the guys looks at him and he says what are you looking at fuck stick <laughs> yeah yeah that is such a good line stick stick <laughs> I laughed out yes. loud that's <laughs> yeah, great do you prefer stick stick yes I do that's awesome Steve getting so frustrated <laughs> yeah yeah. we, we play um, network 
shooter games shoot Ooh. each other and we get so pissed off that it would nearly come to blows <laughs> and Steve at work was trying to he was trying to call somebody like a fuck, a fuck stick, stick or something yeah. and he, he said he goes you goddamn stick steak <laughs> <laughs> And then everybody laughed. It was really funny. It really diffused the situation because it's so fucking funny. That's awesome. I remember getting him so pissed off that he would just start running and jumping off of the edge of the map. In Quake 3, yeah. Oh. Yeah, just like, and it would say, Space Ghost has... Yeah. Space Ghost <laughs> like, has died. Space Ghost has died. He wouldn't even like let Mike kill him. He would just... And then... Every time he would spawn, he would just run to the edge of the map and jump into oblivion. And, and then it would say, Space Ghost has left the game. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mike oh is... Mike is almost supernaturally talented at those games. Like... At that one... No, that one game. And, and mostly that one map. Well, that's the only one we played because it was in the... Demo that we could play for free. Oh, that's but, funny. Oh my and god! Sometimes the longest, just, you longest get a yard. Game. I mean, he was, uh, and then I learned how to get to the rail gun, and then I could like do some sniping from a distance and piss everybody off. So that was fun. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, I we had a lot that. of fun. Yeah, those were good days. Not like now, <laughs> terrible days. No, uh, sorry, Julie. We interrupted as we do. No, no, I love it. Um, okay, so next one is the Blob from 1988. Can't go wrong. I got to see those kills, though, on the big screen at the LMO. Wow. And dreams do come tra- true, like, mm. 100%. <laughs> like, it was amazing. What was your what was your standout favorite kill from it? I mean, like, always, or just... I mean, like, like um, I always love when, like, the, like, Bianca Breath dude... The douchey know, dude? Yeah, the douchey dude. and like Where he's, he's like, inside it. And it's he's like going. Oh no! That's, that's that's the beginning guy. He's like the nice guy friend. Is um, he? Yeah, the guy in the blob, like uh, that's on the cover. You know, it's such a great effect. The, There's like two hundred. The one later of slime. in the sheriff's department, that guy who gets completely consumed was my favorite. Yeah, that's the best one. Yeah. Period. It's just like, insane how good it looks. Oh, it was awesome. It's cool. That's got Del Close in it, and that yeah. little part. And- they used oh, when they're like, making a model, out. like mm-hmm. two different models for that. They used like a couple like live action, two hundred so pounds good. of slime. Just so good. Like multiple different effects they had. I, that was one I've never seen, and then I watched it like last year. I know. Was I was like, like you wow, have to watch it. So good. It's I think one of my a, favorite horror movies of yeah, all time. Really, really well done. It, yeah. Between Becker. that and no Chuck Russell, Chuck Russell. Could've Chuck been. Russell, that and Nightmare on Elm Street three, The Dream Warriors, mm-hmm. which is my favorite of that series, actually, and that's Chuck Russell, and okay. he yeah. just—I don't know—he has a way. He knows how to shoot effects, and I thought that was Don Dawkins did that movie. Yeah, I mean, they're fantastic. He <laughs> did the music, man. Um. So another one, uh, Children of the Night. You don't know uh, that. That what was just beautiful music they made. <laughs> Um, I remember I saw it on a preview forever ago, mm-hmm. and I bought the like tape on eBay, like in 2020 or something, mm-hmm. you know, like in deep pandemic, and I never watched it. Uh, wow, that was a mistake not watching this sooner because it's really ridiculous, super creative. Uh, Karen Black is a Love vampire it. with like these weird walrus teeth, and you get to see her boobies. Wow. And okay. what year was this? Is it ninety? One ninety. I'm down 91. for any Karen Black. Yeah, ninety one. Ninety one. Peter okay. Delo- DeLuise is in it. Oh uh, wow. Amy Dolan's. 
Yeah, it was like a Fangoria movie. It was, it was super oh, fun. I liked it a lot. Oh, right. Tony Randall, who made the second Hellraiser movie, made it. Oh, the guy okay. from uh, from yes. uh, the Odd Couple. Yeah, huh. Felix Unger. Yeah, I don't know did anything. He did the visual <laughs> effects on Escape from New York. Cool. Tony Randall did. Yeah. Wow. He was working with Cameron then. Hey, cool. All right. And he did a TV movie in 2015 that you need to see next, Julie. It's called Shark Kansas Women's Prison Massacre. Oh my god! Oh that yeah, amazing. So sharks, women's prison, and a massacre. Wow. The uh, Shark Kansas Women's Prison Massacre. Dude, I have on my watch list something about like. Oh, directed by Jim Wynorski. Like a. Oh really? That, yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, something about like sharks in like cornfields. <laughs> like really? part of your face right now Corn is amazing. <laughs> Land shark. Candy Graham. Um, Candy Graham. All right. Uh, next movie. Uh, I rewatched Demons Two. Um, shout out to my friend Pete who got mm-hmm. me a VHS copy of this. Like, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and amazing um, from a yard sale. So. Very cool. appreciative. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I did too. The new one? Or yeah. The first? Okay, yeah. I saw it. Um, maybe I should wait till the end and then we can talk about that. And then yeah, let's go into so, yours. I mean, we can talk about it now. Okay, yeah, let's I, talk about it. I really liked it. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I cried and cried. You did? Yeah. All Aww. that shit with Rocket was heart-wrenching. Oh, yeah, it really was. Like, okay. really heart-wrenching. See, now... Um, I come from the point of view where I knew nothing. It was my I was watching my friend's kid for the weekend... Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, I really want to see this for opening night. And mm-hmm. I'm like, absolutely, let's go. But then I took him out to pizza beforehand. And I was like asking him a million questions because mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the Guardians of the mm-hmm. Galaxy. So, yeah, that was like really heartbreaking about really heartbreaking. the rocket. Yeah. He's like a funny character. Yeah, I mean, he's they don't, he's hardly in the third movie. You know, I mean, he's the core of it. Okay. But he doesn't get to do like he's really a interesting, funny character fun character in, in the, the first, first two movies and second okay and in some of the spinoffs like the love and thunder stuff i mean he's really entertaining oh, there's so, spinoffs the what there's spinoffs of guardian well there's the marvel movies so these characters all exist in a shared universe the mcu so they show up in other movies in this series oh. so yeah cool but it's it i liked it um i thought it had a real heart there were choices that i really really was impressed that they went with yeah. Uh, I like James Gunn, so basically anything he does, I'm I'm down for. So, man, I was just, I mean, I was impressed by. You should watch the other movies. I mean, they're very good. The, um, well, the first so one's different. excellent. The second one's good. The third one, I thought, redeemed the second one. They're so different than other, uh, the other Marvel movies to me. Like they have a whole different it's vibe. Comedy, yeah. These... But like this, really had a real like. There was so much murder in this like planets yeah. being destroyed I mean there was um, so much collateral damage and death it was, was really hard to deal with yeah these movies are not for me but I respect I mean, a well made movie is a well made movie I think. it's a good this, movie that was a well made movie yeah, yeah yeah it was impressive the special effects were outstanding some of the moments were great I thought the pacing was really good uh-huh. I just thought it was a, a success all the way around yeah so yeah you know what I was just blown away by was the ending credits. How many jobs 
oh, God. that movie yeah. provided is yeah. amazing and like totally wild and insane. Yes, and that's why it's good to pay to see these things every now and then. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to the Palladium Theater in High Point, and it was like twenty five dollars uh-huh. to get in. Oh, because like it was the IMAX or big no. screen or, or no, twenty five dollars for two tickets. Oh, wow. And okay. the oh, place okay. was filthy and smelled like a dirty bathroom. Oh. The theater. And it, every surface in it was sticky and gross. Like, every surface. Hmm. And $25 to go, and I was like, I don't want to come back to this theater. This is bad. I never go out there. Uh, it's, it's right by Kay's house, so that's the one we okay. went to. And it's normally the good theater. It I was at the, the Grand. Oh, well, I mean, for me here, yeah, I would rather go to the Grand. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I, soon I'll be going to the new place up here when it opens at Brassfield. Oh, okay. The one next to Trader Joe's. Really? Yeah. Oh, wait, that was the $2 theater forever ago. Uh, it was, it had cheap matinees. It wasn't ever a $2 theater. It uh, wasn't? No. Um, no, it was It was a um, lower priced and, but like really awesome theater. Yeah, it and has all been, the 90s neon. Yeah, and it was, I loved it. Oh, they keep it. I loved it. Well, I don't know what they're going to, they're relaunching it. A local um, group has bought it and is totally refurbishing it, putting in all their new seats and stuff. If they leave the neon. Well, I will support it because they are an independent film theater. They are not a Cinemark. They're not a a Regal. Oh, I love that. So that alone is. An independent, locally owned. Chain oh, that's of great. Independent theaters. And that alone that is the guy. reason to support it. Exactly. And it's, and yeah, it's a yeah. m- two miles from my house, so yeah. But I don't want to support the, the red. Like no, no, fuck the red. Yeah, fuck the red. So same page. So cool. Um, okay. Uh, next, I watched Road Games. It's on Shutter yeah. currently. Oh, that's great. With, uh, yeah, Stacy Keach and uh, talking about Jamie Lee. Like he's the bad guy in that movie. Grand that is Page. A great. It's in movie. Australia. It's a great movie. That shit yeah. with a there's a truck full of hanging meat, right? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it's like a great scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're oh, like sawing them all movie. up, and they yeah. find like the dead the girl. The poster for it's really cool with like the zip unzipping, and it's the road, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Franklin, Richard Franklin, maybe, maybe Richard Franklin. Uh, I don't I know. think so. I think it is Bruce Beresford. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Driving one. Miss Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Another one I saw at the Alamo the other day. Yeah. The people under the stairs. Oh Jesus! Okay. That I mean that's another. So I saw in the last like Mike's two months. Uh, two I have reevaluated that movie. Yeah. Well, those are on my top five horror movies, and I got to see both of those movies, The Blob and. Um, people under the stairs. So was that a double feature? I'm just fucking honored. No, there were two separate nights. Oh, okay, okay. This was last week. It was like at 10:45 at night that I went to Raleigh and then came back. But um, that's dedication. Oh yeah, I mean, I I had to hardcore. I would have to check it out, but you know, I, I still haven't it. gone to the Alamo. I saw it with a bunch of like millennials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, Did there's they a like lot it? of scenes that are like kind of like not okay like you know like and like i heard like a lot of gasping and and then at the end of the movie like some kid was like yeah it's like reverse home alone i loved it <laughs> i was like it's a good point dude like, that's, great. that's awesome it made me even happier you know it was good audience participation like update of home alone i can't remember what it was maybe it's on my list we'll have to say yeah um 
Okay, uh, last one that I saw was uh, VHS from 2012. Aren't there? I, there's a oh, the first one? Yeah. I had yeah. never seen any of them, I don't yeah. think. They get progressively worse as you go along. Okay, yeah. The newest one on Shutter, I did not like at all, but I really like the first probably three. Yeah. yeah. I remember liking it. But like, what's but wild is that if you, you look at the people who were involved in that. Oh, it was the best people. Oh, yeah, because it's and like they've I all it up. become huge. Ty West, now. he did yes. one of them, which is wild. And yeah, like the radio silence guys. The guys Adam did, Weingard. The guys yep. that did Wreck, I think, did one. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. There's also the I mean, ABCs of Death, which is also really good. I kind of okay. Those are a little conflated for me. They, they because are because be, they yeah. were they they were so episodic. They came out sort of around the mm-hmm. same time, and yeah. So like, I'm, I like think anthologies. about yeah, yeah. But no, that's that's a solid. But yeah, yeah. I never, I never seen it. I really I, liked it. I like the sort of conceit that this is VHS too, where it's got the kind of tape lines and stuff like in it. So it's I, I like. Yeah, my, my buddy well, Ethan was would, like, I can't believe you've never seen this. I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen them either. Do you like sort of those movies where it's a lot of little stories instead of one big story? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I there's like a bunch of anthologies over the yeah. years, like growing up, um, that I've liked, but it's a, um, I it's a cool this way was, to get a lot of stories in. This I was like cool because it was interluding, mm-hmm. like you know, mm-hmm. like because yeah, um, the guys like found a box of tapes or something, and he's going through them, and yeah. Right. And that like old that dude's house. Tapes thing I tried to watch. Like, and and then it's also like kind of like feminist horror too, because like I definitely saw some hot succubus like rip a dick and balls off, <laughs> and like there were just a lot of like douchebag guys, yeah. you know. Like, I mean, when you have that many directors working, I'm sure you can get all sorts of you know political stuff in there, which is cool. Oh yeah, I, I like. And when it's a little short thing, you really have to be very deliberate about what you're showing. And it, there was great it. gore, but yeah. there was some like. PS1 graphics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That stuff doesn't age well. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Cool. Anything else? That's all I got, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we haven't, yeah, we haven't spoken in like a month. Nope. It's been a yeah. minute. Yeah, it's been yeah. a minute. We've had a few that were uh, slowly getting out there. Mike, what about you? All right. We watched uh, Hollywood Vice Squad. Okay. Oh, nice. Penelope Spheris. What did you guys and, think? Was uh, that a first watch? It was, yes. I'm not even sure what I rated it to be honest. It was Oh, you rate on Letterbox? I, I think I forgot. Yes. I just keep a list. I don't rate anything. I have somebody encouraging me to rate. No one <laughs> wants to rate. So That's I think cool. I gave it like a three. Uh out of five? Watched, yeah. Okay. Because there was some interesting stuff in it. Coffee, the mm-hmm. uh Jack Hill flick, which is great. And the Jamaican accent is not as right. overtly awful. It's not really an accent at all. Okay. It's just Pam Greer talking and saying mon <laughs> at the end of the sentence. Oh, but yeah. I remembered it being much more kind of arch and comedic than it it, it was. But Broader. Like, it is rough. I didn't remember. That's the part I True. didn't remember is how brutal mm-hmm. it oh, yeah. was. Like, and There's a thing right at the beginning where she blasts this dude in the face with a shotgun. Yep. And and like you just the whole back of his head starts coming off. I mean, Pam Greer is a badass bitch. Like she she is. is. She's great on um, Twitter and stuff too. Like, she is. Cool. Yes. Um, Hard ticket to Hawaii. Yes. Oh. What a gem. The Andy Sedaris movie. <laughs> the Andy Sedaris gold. It is epic. Yeah. Yes. 
there might be another Andy Sedaris episode in our future. Nice. Ooh. I'd be down with that. I'm yeah. kind of thinking Hard Ticket to Hawaii and perhaps Picasso Trigger. Ooh, that's a good one. Because I have, I have very specific memories of watching both of those movies with mm-hmm. a dearly departed friend of ours. Yeah. And uh, at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> under the influence. Of, certainly under the influence. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to me. Ooh. Which, Which we did on the podcast. We did do on the podcast, but uh, I, I really want to find an uncut version of that because Tom Berman and his studio did the effects. So I know there's some amazing stuff that's just. Mm. And apparently, uh, was it Jaylee Thompson who directed it? Uh-huh. Like they were all afraid when he got assigned as the director, all the people in the uh, production were afraid. It was this old British guy was not going to be down with like some gore. And they were calling him down because he kept saying, more blood, more <laughs> blood. Yeah. Uh, Escape from Alcatraz, which is an all-time favorite of mine. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. It's so good, Julie. It's like, cool. It's, it's like you, you talk about like the uh, economic, like just bare, not bare bones, because it's not bare bones. It's beautifully shot and composed, but it's like minimal dialogue and a lot of stuff since it's just great cool. it's just really great and it's clint at like sort of the height of his powers okay and it's I've, don siegel who is a no shit director i've only seen 1996 the rock <laughs> <laughs> what? oh about alcatraz okay sorry there's also yeah. the Birdman of the Birdman of Alcatraz is John Ooh. Schlesinger, which is incredible. With Burt Lancaster. Is it John Schlesinger or John Frankenheimer? No idea. I think it's, Frank, I I think it's Frankenheimer. I know Burt Lancaster is the titular. It's great. Great. Um, the Paul Morrissey movie, Blood for Dracula. Cool. The Andy Warhol's Dracula. Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, I'm telling you, you need to reconsider. I'm it not is, sure I'm going to reconsider it. Uh, it is the most batshit crazy thing you're going to see. Dude, it's cool. I love the uh, Frankenstein one. I, I think I'm preferential to the Frankenstein one. Yeah. But yeah. I really like this. And it was. it took me about five or ten minutes to sort of readjust my neural pathways oh, to what totally. the hell, what whatever the hell they were doing. And like once I sort of got my vibrational frequency lined up with it i enjoyed the shit out of it very beautifully put and then we watched basket case which dylan had never seen and really yeah and you know i had specific memories of it and like going back and re-watching it i was impressed on so many levels that i did not remember being impressed on yeah so it's a great movie yeah. I, we talked about this at work, but like I've never like really been a big Hen and Lauder fan. I know you really like the one with the what, Elmer or whatever. The yeah, Lauder. yeah, Brain Damage. Yeah, I, 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 I really like Brain Damage. I'm, I'm just I don't know. His stuff just sort of doesn't usually land for me. So I'm. I, I saw, know. I think it was like maybe in 2017 or 18 mm-hmm. at the Alamo. Brain first, Damage for the first time. No uh, basket case, and I was like, damn, this is great. I cannot imagine watching that in a crowded theater. It had to be awesome. It was amazing. The same weekend I got to see um, Toxic Avenger as well in a theater. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. I I like Hennenlotter as a human being. And yes. Every time I see him on a documentary or he's talking about anything, he is awesome. Yeah, so he's I, the I'm not down on the dude. It's just his films haven't quite found a way into my heart yet. Yeah, and there's, a, there's actually a lot of filmmakers like that that 
that I think they're super cool, mm-hmm. but their stuff doesn't necessarily align with my sensibilities. But I am finding that, like, as I think maybe I went through a, like a more, I don't want to say more critical period, and now mm-hmm. I've come out of that because that makes me, that is saying that the movies weren't good and I was calling them out on that. And now I don't care that they're not good. I think that I'm just looking at them through a slightly different lens for some reason. Part of it is Dylan. And I mean, like I'm enjoying things. I enjoy watching things with him that things that are blowing his mind. It's so much fun to sort of like have that, like that vicarious experience. Being able to be that sort of, which I, Dude, I don't. <clears throat> I don't think you. This is my personal opinion, but like we as older people who've seen a lot of shit, we have this like cool ability to like put shit before younger people and say, "Here's yeah. the thing you need to see." But I don't think you do that that often. I think you do. You let him bring stuff to you, and you watch it with him, and you you see it. But I, you know, there's all this shit out there that you could like say, "Dude, come over here. We got to watch this thing." But you always, it seems like, let him choose but it's still fun to like witness the discovery of that stuff but you're not really facilitating it as much i think as as you not that you should but i i think you're not leading these things you're watching him find them on his own which is which is cool balance yeah but like i've done things like you know like going like parker man let's watch you know uh, clockwork orange (laughs) and then the shit just like he's like fuck you know yeah I was well i mean I've, so, yeah, i have also had, dylan's like, a film major <laughs> and right, he's exactly. like really like seeking this <clears throat> no, shit no, no, out and, and he's also like actively searching it out he's but where parker's like hey you got anything cool we can watch and i'm like yeah. yeah i do let's watch this so it's just like a really fun to be in there even when it's something like julie going oh man i watched this movie and we're like oh yeah that is a fucking great movie like it's just fun to share that discovery with someone even at you know decades after i've seen it oh yeah right um but it's really fun um i was i wanted to say like you know talking about hen and lauder like a director who has just almost always his shit has landed for me is like bill lustig like yeah that dude's shit just seems like he makes it and i kind of go oh yeah i will watch that and i will probably like it there's something about his sort of sensibility that really like does get me almost every time I find myself drawn to the uh, a lot of the New York crowd filmmakers. Yeah. Because you get like, I, I like a lot of uh, Glickenhaus yes. stuff. So like I like James Glickenhaus. I like Hen and Lauder. I like Lustig. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cohen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all these East Coast guys. There's a different sensibility to and it. Not to say they don't make bad movies. I mean, no, 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 no. Our fair fucking share of bad Larry Cohen movies. But I feel the same way. Dreams. You know, man, that's on Shutter, and I'm kind of tempted to give it another shot. And there is so much about that movie that I think is great, but his performance Michael Moriarty is so <laughs> out there we're talking about Q the wing serpent oh the wing yeah serpent. okay okay just before, because that's all of our like sort of insider dialogue Talk about a cover right. um it's it's got a lot it's got some great stuff and it yeah. is fucking um Im- impressive how like um much they were going for it with a yeah. no budget mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah, it's ridiculous that he ever thought he could achieve what, what he achieved. successfully achieved. Like it took it took like some brass balls to just jump in there and say, "I'm going to make a giant 
dragon bird fly over mm-hmm. Manhattan or whatever. <laughs> and you always say that he just like was notorious for just not having permits. And oh, doing yeah. Some oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gorilla style. They were on top of like uh, the Chrysler building, <laughs> just <movie>. shooting machine <laughs> so guns, cool. and like they had like the SWAT teams came out to adjacent buildings because people thought there was like an attack. It's like Black Caesar with Fred Williamson, where he's like they's walking through the crowd and they're just filming him, and he's all like acting like he's been shot, uh-huh. and they are just filming him, and there is absolutely no permits, nobody's, <laughs> there's no cameras visible, they're just filming him from a distance, right? It's so cool. But there's a great story that Rick Baker tells about. Getting a phone call from uh, Larry Cohen, yeah, like just and he's like, they were shooting in L.A. at that point, and he was like, "We're filming a gangster movie. We need some bullet hits. Can you get over here?" And he's like, "It's still living, I think, at home with his parents." Yeah. So he grabbed his makeup kit and jumped in his car and drove over, and then they got there, and like all the actors were black. He didn't tell them that, yeah. So he had like the wrong makeup kit, so he said to drive back home and get his other makeup kit and come back, yeah. And, Oh, wow. But he was like, you know, he was like, Cohen was one of the guys that was like just this manic ball of energy yes. when he met him, the same way Landis was. That King Cohen movie is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Love right. Larry. All right. What's next, Mike? That's it, man. Oh, man. All right. And well, then, uh, oh, actually, we watched Hardcore last night. So. Oh, nice. With with the, 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 the thing we just talked about. George C. Scott. Yeah, because we talked yeah. about that other movie I had seen that reminded me of Hardcore. Yes. Yeah. It is, man. Uh, it's uh, George C. Scott is never not completely impressive, but that is so good, and he is it's soul crushing. I have no idea what movie it was I watched that made me think of that. Well, we talked about that story of Ten- World of Tanaka. Looked like that it might it. have. It that looked like it. it might have that. Vi- and man, I'm ready to see that and Sanctuary. Yes. Um, that looks nuts. So <laughs> I watched a new movie called Knock at the Cabin, which is by. Um, M. Night Shyamalan, and it is fucking good, y'all. It's oh, on, I didn't realize he did that. It's on Peacock, and it's great. Um, I watched Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, and it is the opposite of great. It is terrible. <laughs> um, I think it's probably my least favorite Marvel movie so far. Oh wow, that's like, bold, and, and by a pretty wide margin. Like it's really, Wait, really, really not good. How many of those Ant Mans are there? Three. Okay, but he shows up in some of the Avenger movies and stuff too. Mike okay. is the threat. first Ant Man. Oh, no, he's not. No, I was just looking up. The first Ant Man is great. Uh, the first one's great. The second one's not good, and the third one is the worst. It just was a, <laughs> a slide. Um, I watched a movie called Livid, which is from the guys that made a movie called Inside, where oh, this is pregnant incredible. woman was being menaced by a, 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 kill, a killer. Yeah. And Inside is great, and Livid was it was okay, but it's very just sort of ordinary. Um, okay. Uh, it's a vampire story. It's got some cool moments, but it's really kind of dumb and a lot of screaming. Um, I watched a UFO documentary called Moments of Contact from 2022. It was really mm-hmm. good. Or Moment of Contact. It was really good. I'm going to save that. Um, I watched a really cool horror movie called The Five Devils. And um, I saw it on a list of like really cool movies and stuff, and so I watched it. It's, um, I think it was French. Um but it's a foreign language film, so it's all subtitled. And it involved this uh, mixed-race couple with this incredibly just um, striking young daughter with the craziest hair and just an absolute, like, a face that, like, when she was on screen, you could not not look at her face. Just absolutely compelling visually. Um, 
like really young girl, just like, but just like so striking and such a good actor. And then it was this tale of like going back and forth in time. The mother had a, 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 a gay relationship with this other woman. And, but in the movie, um, when it starts, she is married to that woman's brother and they've had this young girl. And then it does all this time travel stuff, like where we see in the past, and then we see back to the present. And there's all these things where, like, through different, um, like, sort of, it's, it's, there's an element where the young girl is fascinated by smell. So she's, she can smell a thing and then almost travel through time and see her mother as young. Anyway, it's just like this incredible, like, just success at, like, telling a very complicated story in very clear terms and it had a real heart to it. It just, it was just beautiful. So the five devils from 2022, really, really excellent guardians of the galaxy volume three. I watched one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid, the big bus from 1976. Okay. <laughs> nice. God damn one is just still like, so fucking funny. It's got an incredible cast. Um, really just silly and over the top in so many ways. It's a parody of disaster movies. So, okay. like, um, you know, like where you've seen movies where airplanes get smashed and have to land and all that stuff. This is a two-story double bus. So, it's a bus, <laughs> and it's nuclear-powered, and it's going on a nonstop cross-country trip. And um, it, it, the whole thing's full of all these celebrities, and there's um, uh, this these evil, like, oil, like, OPEC guys. Or they put a bomb on the bus because they can't have a nuclear bus because that'll end their control of the world because they are the oil companies so they put a bomb on the bus because they want to blow it up and make it look bad um there's a all this stuff it's so funny um anyway i watched it it just it was a delight um i watched the movie triangle of sadness which was an oscar nominee last year um and it was interesting but it was it had the longest series of scenes of vomiting and diarrhea that I've ever seen in a big budget <laughs> Hollywood movie. Like, wow. It's like, it just went on like 15 minutes. And you don't like, like that stuff. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like it. it, it it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> and it's, it was funny Certainly at not first. The best. It was it's funny like... at first and then it went on for like 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, I know. <laughs> I saw the new Super Mario Brothers movie. How was it? so fun oh so Just, better than the 90s one yeah a little <laughs> um, it's really good it's really really well made all the acting all the actors were excellent okay um, and it's a nice little story and it's got so much nerd stuff in it if you've ever played the games all the little like audio cues little stuff in the background the people cool. they have playing side characters just the way the story's told it's just oh, that's it's awesome. a triumph it's yeah, really really games. good but the thing I'd like to talk about is from this year, and it is called Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> okay, and I haven't seen oof, it yet. Was it bad? Yeah. Wow, it's just like, hey, you want to go like hear people just scream for an hour and a half? And, oh, so and it's not funny at all. Be dumb. Oh, it's the opposite of funny. No, it is just, and it's so just like, well, here comes all the shit you've seen in all the other horror movies in the past ten years. Okay, it's just like uh, just a a parade of tropes. Okay. Um, I haven't listened or like read anything about it. Yeah, it's bad. 
Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either, but I'm, I'll, I really I'll want to see it. Um, I very curious I mean, to hear what you think about it, Mike, when you do get around to watching it. I, I, I feel just don't I know, know when that'll be. Well, probably, hopefully sooner than later. Okay. But I am. I feel, and it sounds bad. I almost feel like kind of obligated. I have so much affection for the franchise. That's exactly why I watched it. That's why I watched the last. And I did not like the 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 Fede Alvarez movie from 2013. I did not like. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Where she like slices her tongue with the knife. Yeah. I swear I thought that was more recent than that. I think it's 2013. Just like, just like this, the same old fucking thing. I was bored. Well, that's the worst thing you can have. Well, it's just like okay, I've seen it. Uh, there's a, I don't even. I'm, I mean, I can't talk about it because you're gonna watch it. But um, it's. <laughs> I just didn't think it was good. Hopefully, my down review of it will cause you to enjoy it more. I would love nothing more than for you to argue with me <laughs> that it was actually really good because that would mean you enjoyed it. And it's just a. It was a slog for me. It was all I could do to get through it. Um. Mm. But I will say, like, part of the reason why basically everything lately, you know, except for like the old things here and there, have been like not impressed me that much is because I went through a tear since we last recorded and finished, got caught up to, and am current with the HBO show Succession. And Jesus Christ, that show is good. I, you know, heard about it, heard about it, heard about it. It's been on for four years or for four seasons. And I just thought, well, I'm not going to like that. And it is really fucking compelling, well done shit. So, huh. anyway, it's that's been to, a that, lot of what I've been watching with Succession because cool. I watched four seasons of it. <laughs> oh, that's so, yeah. nice. Pretty good. Uh, and that's, but that's like grown up drama, like real actors, like all. Yeah. No, it's uh, this is gold seal shit for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's sort of I don't know. If, not saying it's not a fair comparison, but Evil Dead Rise compared to... I mean, there's a lot of money being spent in Evil Dead Rise. Sure, sure. It's just bad choices and, like, just one note. Just... Yeah. And, you know, like, horror movies know that putting children in jeopardy... You know, Steven Spielberg certainly understands it, that that yes, is compelling shit. And that is this whole fucking movie is a, an apartment full of children being menaced by an evil mother. Oh. And, and it's like but gore. Yeah, well, except stuff happens. <laughs> I really didn't like Skin and Marie. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, that was another one I struggled to stay awake through. And but that, that I get that that's sort of what they're going for. This was a It would have made a better short. This was a big budget Hollywood horror movie based on one of the most like stellar franchises out there and it was boring yeah that's it I'm very disappointed but that's my list so there take that (laughs) Um, well dude this dudes and dudettes this was episode 221 it was quite a lot of fun Um, who's up next are you rapping that is Mike Mike, you're this up is next. Episode 221. It's been a lot of fun. Get my gun. Come on back again. And we'll get her done. So Mike, <laughs> some skin. What uh, do you have? Do you have any idea what the next films are going to be? Are they going to be have, Andy Sedaris? It is. It is possible. <laughs> it's a nice. non-zero chance. I don't know. Non-zero don't know. meaning it's. Um, it is a possibility. 
Okay, yes, it's a possibility. Teaser. So I've been thinking about that just because I enjoyed Hard Ticket to Hawaii, and it is uh, flawed. But there is so much of just stupid, fun nonsense in it. Fucking rules. Which I did not say that. Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I like that. That's the one with the snake and the rocket launcher, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I like that movie. And the blow up doll and the rocket launcher. Yeah, that's a dumb movie, but it's a shitload of fun. Yeah, it is. I like it. Um, so we appreciate you tuning in and listening to us ramble about all this shit, and we look forward to joining you uh, in the cave soon. But in the meantime, please reach out to us. You can write to us at flickersfrom at yahoo.com or flickersfrom at gmail.com. You can catch us on Facebook if you're old. And talk to us on Instagram, Slasher, Letterboxd. And YouTube at Flickers from the Cave. You can also find us on Twitter. We're still there. It's at Cave Walls. And um, yeah, it's uh, this was a good one, y'all. And uh, I just need to get my fire suit on because it's time for me to do a little stunts, 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 stunts. <laughs> Everybody. Hey, uh, want to take a picture of a real hot stuntman? Sure. All right. Anytime you're ready. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. You know, uh, I'm better in the flesh than I am in photographs. Really? I'm Italian. Italians are the best lovers in the world. Did you know that? Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you get a couple of other Italians, come to my room, and we'll have a little party. What do you mean, a couple? What do you mean, a couple more? Two more guys. Isn't that a real party? What do you think, I'm a sicko? What's the matter? You've never been with two girls before? Hey, two girls is fun. Two guys is queer. In the movie business? You warped, you know that? Real sick. Ha, 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 ha.